Bravo, that's good fam. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. I hope you are having an incredible week. If you're not though, I can assure you, this is about to be where it gets good because we have the one and only Natalie Grant back on the podcast. Natalie, I'm so excited you're here today. Thank you for having me. Yes. I love you. Oh my gosh, I love you. And we we're just talking about how we just we just were at the Joyce Meyer event. Um, at the same yes. time, we didn't get to see each other, but I was yeah. just telling Natalie she just crushed it. I mean, you she her voice is kind of struggling, but I said you Thank would you. have never known. It was just beautifully done, beautifully led. It was awesome. Thank you. Yes. I do think sometimes we say those, I, I said to you, like, when we are weak, he is strong. It's so funny how, like, we can say things so in passing, like, because it kind of sounds spiritually cute, but yep. it's real. Yep. <laughs> when it's we so are true. weak, he, he is, is actually strong. strong. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yes. My, like, I, I preached this message a couple of years ago at Passion. It's probably, like, my favorite message I've ever preached. And I actually had the flu and COVID whenever I preached it. I never felt more, oh like, physically sick and unable to do something. Yes. But more, like, filled with His Spirit to actually get it across. Yep. And I, it's just yes. the craziest thing to me because I know how I felt that day. But I look at that video yeah. and I can't even tell that I was sick. I'm like, what? Right. That is truly the Holy Spirit. That's truly the yeah, Holy Spirit weak filter. Whenever we're weak, He is strong. Yes, that, yes, that's the best real. filter out there, let me tell you. Oh, that's good. Well, um, Natalie, you have a new album out, Seasons, and oh my yeah. gosh, it's so it's so good. I was just sitting here listening Thank to you. it before we popped on. Um, it's, it's so great, and I can't wait to talk about it. But before we talk Thank about you. it, I actually do want to ask you about, um, you know, doing things like what you're doing right now. You're on the road. You're doing all these interviews. You're, you're showing up and leading worship, and you don't feel good great. And one thing I wanted to ask you, and I feel like we're about to mom, it's about to go mom mode for a second, but it's just, it's just hard, hard work. Because the thing is, as I'm sitting here listening to seasons, I'm like, man, you've been through so many seasons of your life and you've continued to lead through all those seasons. And we all know life is life and life happens and life gets hard, but you've continued to show up, persevere, uh, lead people to Jesus, lead people in worship. I mean, you do that on a practical level when it's hard, when you're sick and you have to get on stage, but also just the hard work over all the years to go through the seasons and continue to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So can you speak a little bit into just the power of hard work? Because I do feel like that is a loss on this generation at times. And um, I I would love to just hear from you on that. Well, I think first, even when I hear you just talking back to me, like the things I I was taught from a really young age that obedience brings blessing. And when you choose to be Mm -hmm. obedient, um, it doesn't mean it's always going to feel good. In fact, oftentimes obedience doesn't feel good (laughs) in the moment. Just ask our kids. (laughs) Oftentimes in the moment, nobody wants to be obedient, but obedience does bring blessing because when we do what God has asked us to do, then then we know that somehow He makes it possible for us to do it and the investment is worth it. And we are kind of, I think, in that microwave generation where everyone wants something quick. They want something immediate. They want immediate fame. They want immediate notoriety. They want, you know, immediate influence. But 
I've always found that I, if you want longevity, right? I've been doing this for 25 years now just as a solo artist. And when I think about the fact that I never wanted that overnight quick success, you do in the minute, in the moment you do. But when you realize, wait, I want to be able to look back over decades and say, I stayed true to what God asked me to do. And it wasn't always easy. And it didn't always look as what I wanted it to look like, but I was obedient to what he asked me to do. And I think that it is important to work hard, but it's important to work hard at what God's asking you to do. And that discernment is so important that you're not working at what you want to do and then asking God to bless it. But instead, you're working at what God is asking of you. And I think sometimes we get those really muddied, you know, it's like, we, we kind of mix in our striving and our desire with what God is asking us to do. And when you're just, when you get about the father's business and you say, whatever it is that you're asking me to do, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't look pretty, I'm going to stay faithful to what God's called me to do. You will look back over decades and go, not only do I have longevity, but I see even better than that, the faithfulness of God over all of that hard work. He was faithful. Like we're faithful, but even when we're faithless, Mm -hmm. he remains faithful. And I think that I can really see that 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 is where the importance in hard work is doing what he's asking you to do. Yeah. Oof, that is so good. That is, that's a woe that's good right <laughs> off the bat. Um, I love that. I love that so much. And you're right. And whenever, uh, actually, Joyce was talking about this at the conference, how, you know, your grace to do the things for the things that he's calling you to do, you know, and whenever you're walking in yes. step with him and walking in obedience, there's a grace to do what you've been called to do. And I think that's where it's like, you know, even when you are sick, you, you know, okay, I, I I don't just have to do this. I'm called to do this. I get to do this and I'm going to step in and I'm going to be graced to do it. Like I'm going to be anointed yes. to do it. I'm going to be filled with the spirit to do it. And so it's not just like you're like, okay, I just got to work hard and I feel sick as a dog and do all this stuff. Right. Like there's an extra like grace. There's <laughs> an extra anointing. There's an there's extra a grace thing. On it. And I love how Joyce said she was talking about, you know, times in her life where she's got on the stage to preach a message and maybe she's not, uh, maybe she's having an argument with her husband behind the scenes or something going on. And she said, there is just nothing worse than preaching a sermon you weren't graced to preach that you just don't feel. Totally. She's like, it'll be a long yeah, 30 minutes or whatever it is. <laughs> now that will feel like true hard work. Um, and so yes. I, I love that. That's a great point just to uh, recognize in your life. Like it's not just working hard for the sake of working hard. It's it's working hard and being obedient to what God's put in your hands to steward and to work towards. And yeah. So that's great. Um, Man, so we're talking about seasons of life, and I love this whole concept of you recording and reimagining these songs that have meant so much to you because I I think about that in my life. Like, you hear a song. Yesterday, we actually had an hour and a half drive with a friend, and she had all these throwback songs on, like Christian throwbacks. And me and my (laughs) husband, we were just laughing, talking about different seasons we were in, and and then having really hard, good conversations about seasons we were in with different songs. And this is before I even— really knew this was what we were going to be talking about. And I was like, man, you know, that was such a good idea. So what, what made you go, you know, I want to look back at these songs and I want to bring them back now. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, it was birthed out of um, the concept anyway, during 2020, right? When we were all locked in our houses. <laughs> yep. Um, my husband, my husband, Bernie, and I started doing a song a day keeps the crazies away from our living room. I and we it. just would record one little song and we would, you know, post it on our socials. And the, what I found was happening is I wasn't like going back and just singing my songs. I was actually going back to songs that were my foundation or mm. songs where I was like, Oh, I remember when I was in high school and I was going through a heartbreak. This was the song that carried me through or, Oh, I remember when my grandfather, you know, was preaching. He would always like all of a sudden I found myself going back to something I knew was certain, yeah. right? Like those songs that had stood the test of time right. and that were like foundational. Mm -hmm. And so this, this record, I kind of was like, Hey, I always say Jesus has been with me my whole life, but so has Jesus music. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that, I think that Dick Clark actually originally said that music is the soundtrack of our lives. Like we could all point to songs that are like the soundtrack of our life. But for me, that was Jesus music Mm. is the soundtrack of my life. And I can think back to certain songs I picked and it, it has a nostalgia point where I'm like, Oh, my tribute from Andre Crouch. Like I remember listening to that on vinyl in my parents' living room and my mom was singing it in the kitchen while she was, you know, making dinner. Or I remember this song when I was, you know, in high school. I remember this song when I was in college. Or I remember this song, you know, when I was on vacation with my girls. And like, so there's so many songs from different seasons. But I think it's, we always talk about how God is doing a new thing, right? Look forward. God is doing a new thing. He's doing a new thing. But sometimes in order to go forward, it really just, we need to take a moment and take a look back and actually see the faithfulness of God. There's that scripture in Psalm 77 that says, I recall and mm-hmm. I recount your goodness. I recall and I recount when you've shown up for me in the midnight hour. And these songs kind of were that, like, I recall mm-hmm. the goodness of God in that song, or I remember how he showed up for me through that song. Yeah, And, you know, getting to do it with so many of my friends just kind of was you know, the cherry on top. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, you definitely. That's so cool. Spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover, or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre, like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, business, and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, 
thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash woe or just text woe to 500-500. That's audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E.com slash woe or text woe to 500-500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. think that it's so interesting. Yeah. Whenever you look back, one, it reminds you of like the faithfulness of God and it does give you direction for like mm-hmm. how to even move forward because you know, like, okay, he got yes. me through that. He's with me in this. Um, I actually had a moment recently yes. where it kind of like totally stumped me. I was about to go on stage to preach, but the song they sang right before I went up took me so back to like this moment that I, I got so yeah. like, I was like, man, I don't even know what I'm going to say when I go up there because it would feel so unauthentic to not speak into what God just did in my life, you know, like, um, it was, it was just an old hymn and it just took me back to before I, you know, was doing anything that I'm doing now. And it was more in a time that I was doubting that I could do what I'm actually doing now and thinking yes. that, how, how could I, how could I? And it took my eyes off myself and really allowed me to see God. And that was kind of one of those songs that just helped me get the courage to step in and trust God. Yes. And then here I am right before I'm about to speak, like, 10 years after, you know, this moment years and years ago. And I'm like, wow, that song is what even helped me get to this moment right now. Like it was like those words. (laughs) So it was just really cool. So I I totally understand what you're saying. Were you surprised going back to some of those songs with um, maybe just going back to how you felt then based off how you feel now about those certain situations? Because sometimes I feel like I hear a song and I'm like, I used to like cry to this song. And now I like smile because I'm like, that's crazy. I was like so in it. Like, I really that that every word of that just got me and now I'm kind of laughing at myself yes. but it like were you surprised at some of the ways that it made you feel back then based off how you feel now overcoming those things definitely and it's really funny because there's this one song called in Christ alone and I remember because I was a freshman in college and I was so lost as far as what I felt like my purpose was to do. I was in a really terrible relationship and that I had no business being in. And I I thought I was supposed to go into ministry, but I didn't know what that looked like. And, um, you know, I just, I felt stuck. And I just remember the first time I heard those words, it was like, this, this is what I actually want my life to look like. Like, this is what I want to be the hallmark of my life. And though I still have so far to go, I feel like listening to that, um, I actually saw in a moment, like, wait, you committed your ways to the Lord. Like you, you made a decision and you got out of the bad relationship, even though it seemed in the moment, like it would be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And you said no to certain things that seemed like sure things. And you said yes to the God things that didn't have like a blueprint all lined out. And now 
25 years later, you can look back and say, it was worth it. Mm. Like in Christ alone, will I glory in Christ alone? Do I put my trust in Christ alone? Like that is our source of strength and my source of Mm. hope. And I feel like that song in particular was that for me, like, wait, I was so lost when I fell in love with this song. And now I think like my twin daughters are juniors in high school Mm. And, you know, there's certain songs that get put on a shelf mm. and you're like, that shouldn't be on a shelf. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, that shouldn't be on like a whole new generation actually needs to fall in love with the idea that in Christ, like our source of everything is only found in Christ alone. Yeah. And I was thinking about my daughters, like, okay, they're about to get to that same stage of what do I do? Where do I go? What's God saying? Where is he moving? Mm-hmm. Like, and they feel a little bit like pressure coming on. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was like, this song now is for your generation. Like it doesn't just need to be a once in a generation. It's for every generation. Yes. That's great, man. That's so good. You know, it's cool because I had um, a girl texting me recently. She was going through something pretty tough and she knew I had gone through something similar. And she was asking me kind of my advice, how to get through it. And it was one of those things where it, it was hard to think of the words to encourage her with, but I was thinking about uh, the song. Do you know the, the song Defender? Um, Rita Springer sings yes. it. Okay, so yes. I was like, you know, I don't know that I have all the best advice to give you besides we'd have to go to coffee and actually talk about it or you'd have to come over to my house. But I said, in the meantime, before we get to fully talk, I was like, just go listen to this song because this the truth in this song is really what helped me get out of where I was the place I was stuck in and um, it was in a time where I was feeling really misunderstood by people and just felt like reputation how do you all this different stuff and past things and I just said like what I spoke over myself and sung over myself were just the words of this song that he's my defender you know yes. and and it was just really yes. cool because you know I didn't really have to to say my advice necessarily because I didn't really feel like I still had the words for it but I could tell her what got me right. out of it and it was yes. this idea that this is who God is and this is what I just kept singing over myself right. this is what I truly believed was the truth and so I love that it's like yeah that's yes. not just for that generation that's just for that time it's like giving right. those songs well, that minister to you to people and when you sing a song like that you're actually singing scripture over yourself yes. right because that that idea is actually rooted in the word of God. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, for this generation too, like with my girls, we're not like strict and say you can only listen to Christian music, right? Mm-hmm. I, I had that. My parents were like, you only listen to Christian music. <laughs> but we're not like that because we love we love all kinds of music, yes. you know? But what are you actually letting your soul feed on? You know, like, what are you feasting on regularly? And I think that there's sometimes this disconnect between what this generation is. They just don't even think twice about what they're allowing to come into their ears and into their soul. And and you, you can memorize a song so quickly, right? You don't even realize it, but you're saying the words, you're singing the words. And it's not like you should never listen to whatever the music is that you love. But if you actually have a steady diet of worship music, a steady diet of Christian and gospel music, those songs are rooted in the word of God. And when mm-hmm. you're singing songs like Defender, or you're singing how great is our God even Mm -hmm. you know you go old school with a worship chorus and you don't know what else to do and you don't know advice in the moment you can sing these 
these truths over your life. And mm-hmm. when you allow your soul to become saturated mm-hmm. in that kind of music, it does something. Praise and worship. It's amazing to me how praise and worship has nothing to do with us. Yet our God is so kind that he allows us to benefit from it. That when we choose to worship him through song, we choose to worship him through singing, or we listen to this music that magnifies him, yet somehow he allows our our own soul to be fed by it, to be encouraged by it, to be uplifted by it. Like that's the goodness and kindness of our God that it has everything to do with him. Mm. Yet he goes, I'm going to let it be a gift to you. (laughs) Wow. That's so cool. That That's so powerful. I love that. And I love that you're saying, yes, it's singing scripture over yourself. Because I remember, um, you know, in high school, I went to a Christian school and it was like we had to memorize Bible verses. And on Friday, you had yes. to make sure that you knew your Bible <laughs> verse. And I was like always so bad at that. And I hate that. I was like, I, I want to be, this is something I really totally. want to be good at. Me too. Yeah, but I'm just I not good at, this, but... good at that. And so I remember no. it kind of, it hit me. Um, I mean, now it's so crazy because... I was even saying recently, I saw Chris preaching and I said, man, I want to, I want to know the word like that where you can just go scripture, scripture, scripture. And one of my friends said, Sadie, you do know the word like you do that, you know? And it just was a cool thing because I was like, (laughs) you know, I actually do talk like that. But in, but in high school, I couldn't memorize my verse for the week for the life of me. And now I, I do. And I think one thing I think that has helped me in that is like you said, like a lot of the songs I listen to, um, are literally scriptures, you know? And so for me, yes. it's a lot easier to remember something that I'm singing than, than I'm reading. You know, I'm more of a, I, I'm not, I am a visual learner, but I'm also like, I remember things by hearing it. I remember things by imitating audible. people. I remember, yeah, super totally. audible learner. And so I think singing those words over yourself, you like start singing scripture over yourself, start finding songs yes. that truly are based in scripture. And then all of a sudden you, you will know scripture. Yes. It's in you, you know? So for those it's people who are out there who are like, I cannot remember the <laughs> verse for the life of me, start singing it over yourself and um, just keep, and also keep putting it in, so keep true. reading it, keep putting it in because, you know, yes. what I've found is if I have to like memorize one verse and then tell it to you tomorrow, that might be a struggle for me. But as I just read the <laughs> word, it's like, you ask me what the story is about. I can tell you what the story is about because I'm getting it in yes. me, you know, and that's what it's all about. Just, yes. you know, relating to God and those things. And, uh, and there's like more. something like, so like just a tangible, I think, I don't even know if I said this the last time I was on the podcast, but something that's really important for me is I read the word of God out loud and, I, and it sounds, mm-hmm. it feels strange in the moment, right? Especially if you're just like sitting there and you're just reading it out loud. But for me, I'm an audible learner too. And there's just something about not just reading it, but saying it saying and it. hearing the word um, back. I think some. First of all, it just does something for our own souls to hear the word of God, but it also puts the enemy on notice when you're not busy speaking all these other things, speaking about your problems, speaking about your insecurities, speaking about your struggles, but instead you're like, I'm just going to speak the word of God. And it, it actually puts That's the great. enemy on notice. But then I think something just recently, because I am just like you, I struggle to memorize. I've started putting it into a voice memo. So I'll record myself. So it's my own voice. I record myself saying a scripture and then uh-huh. I play my voice memo back to myself. So when I'm in my car, it's not just an 
audio Bible because sometimes when it's like a long thing, then <laughs> I'm like listening, but all of a sudden I don't even remember <laughs> yep. what it is that it's saying because it's yep. just in the background, yep. you know? But when I hear my own self like reading the word of God back, I memorize it easier just yes. like a song. So it's just a little tangible thing. <laughs> I do that. I literally do that. When you're talking, I was like, yes, I do this because I feel seen. Yes, because it's so funny because people people say to me, you know, Sadie, I can't believe you go up on stage and preach messages without notes. And I'm like, notes would mess me right. up. I can't, that That is more confusing <laughs> to me if I look down and see a bunch of words because I just can't, I can't read like that that fast. And so, yes. but what I do is when I'm preparing my message, I, um, first of all, I envision myself saying it and I, I'm writing down yes. kind of what I visualize myself saying. And then I preach yes. it out loud to myself on audio and I listen back to it oh. so that it gets in me. And so that's so crazy. I love that. I love, <laughs> I love that. Everyone's <laughs> brains are different. You got to do what yes. works for you. And, and the cool thing is when you're talking about scripture, like God created you, you know, he created you and he created yes. you for relationship with him. And so, you know, your quiet time might not look like opening and reading quietly. It might look like opening and reading loudly, you know, and recording right. yourself <laughs> saying it or listening it to people singing it over. You're singing it yourself. So yes. I love that. That's so good. Um, you mentioned yeah. getting to do this album with uh, heroes of yours and friends of yours. And I just think that's so yeah. cool. I wrote down um, in the step-by-step song, I think you said somewhere that, you know, during that season of your life, when you look back at listening to that song, you were working a job that you didn't really want to be working while you were kind of <laughs> wanting to be doing more of what you're doing yeah. now. Um, can yes. you speak into that a little bit? Because that's super relatable. And you got to sing with Dolly Parton, which is just yes. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's so funny because um, I actually, I I can remember so almost tangibly like the smell of my old car and having to get up at 7 a.m. and drive to this job at Medicare. I was doing accounts payable and I had just moved to Nashville. And I think in my mind, you know, like when we have a dream and we want to do it and we actually take steps towards doing it. We kind of are like, okay, I'm doing it. Like I'm I'm taking the steps. I'm doing the thing. Like it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have to pay my rent. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I think sometimes we like think like, well, wait a second. I'm just going to like, I'm going to just do this and it's going to work out. It's going to be great. And then you're like, why do I have no money on my bank account? It's <laughs> so real. It's so real. Oh yeah. I have to actually work a job and I have to maybe go do something in the interim like that in between, right? In mm-hmm. the waiting I think that is like where God, our moments with God can be the sweetest when Mm. you're like in that, in that in between from where you were and where you're going. Mm. But that moment of the journey of getting to where you're going. Mm -hmm. So I would drive to my job every day. I literally despised this job with everything that is in me. (laughs) But the preacher's wife had just come out that movie and Whitney Houston was like, everything. And she (laughs) sang this song on there called Step by Step. And I just remember driving down I-65 in Nashville and she would get to the end of the song. It would be, come on, baby, got to keep moving. Come on, baby. And I would just sing it every day, 7 a.m. That was my song. And I would listen to it constantly. And so when it came time to like do this record, and I was thinking about different songs from different seasons, that one was like, 
I have to do that song. I mean, like I literally step by step have kept moving. Like it, to me, it was such a testimony to my life. And then Sadie is the craziest thing because, um, I had sung at Dollywood earlier this year and I had no idea that Dolly was going to be there on the day that I was singing at Dollywood. And so she had heard management had like sent an email or something and said, Hey, Dolly's going to be at Dollywood when Natalie's doing her concert. And she said, if it wouldn't trouble her too greatly, could they sing a song together? And I just remember going, Dolly, your name is on the park. You can can trouble me. (laughs) This is your park. It's Dollywood. (laughs) And so we sang together and I remember going, okay, that was the sum total of it. Like this was a life moment, bucket list moment. Awesome. Cool. Great. But I had no idea that my manager had actually given that song to her team and I didn't, I didn't know that he did it. Like I had kind of known up to that point, everybody that I wanted to ask to sing on all these different songs, but this one, I just couldn't come up. I was like, I don't know who I want to do this with. I didn't know to dream Dolly. I mean, that was like (laughs) beyond what I kind of thought. And so then, so when I got the email back that said, Oh, Dolly is so sorry. She's busy. I didn't even know to be disappointed because I didn't know that he'd asked. (laughs) And then it was like three weeks later, I get an email and it is a letter from Dolly on Dolly letterhead. It's got this hot pink Dolly at the top as you would expect it to have. Wow. And she's like, the song just keeps ringing and calling me back. And I hope it's not too late for me. Could I sing this song with you? I really want to do this song. I'm like, what is life? What, what (laughs) What? is even happening right now? And then I'm like, but God is so in the little details because just like, think about the fact that Whitney Houston made, I will always love you by Dolly Parton, the like, I will always love you. You know what I mean? Like it became this massive, massive thing. And Dolly had never sung a Whitney Houston song. And now it just happened to be a Whitney Houston song. And Dolly, like, it's such a full circle, incredible moment. But to me, it was just like also that God saw that girl back in 1997 driving in her beat up Volkswagen Golf to her job she hated but she did it because she just knew that she was in the in-between like I feel like God goes just hold on like I've got something for you that you can't you're not even dreaming because it seems so like beyond but God does say I will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ever ask think or imagine I kind of feel like that song is like living proof of that. Yeah. Wow. That is so cool. That is the coolest story ever. And how cool to get like a letter that you can actually have and hold and like frame. frame. No, I was going to say like, and actually, yeah, you should frame, frame that and maybe put it by the front door. I don't know. I mean, just so that like, exactly. That, that, I don't know. Just be like, hi, welcome. Also, I have a letter from Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that so much. But like, I mean, everything you said, which is first of all, an incredible God story and absolutely seeing his hand in all of it, but also mm. just like, yeah, sometimes you're just in the in-between. And I love how you started that by saying like, look, I moved there. I was like being obedient to it. I was putting myself out yeah. there. And sometimes you think you're like, oh God, like I did it. Like I did the hard thing. But it makes me think totally. about, I've been talking a lot about the Israelites whenever they were leaving Egypt. 
and they yes. were heading to um, the promised land. But obviously, there was like a lot of time in between uh, the process to get there that yes. was so hard for them. And yes. as soon as they first left the promised land, they get to this, I mean, sorry, Egypt. As soon as they first left Egypt, they get to this place. It's right before the sea splits. And they're sitting there, and it looks like they're stuck because all of a sudden there's a sea yes. in front of them. There's 600 chariots coming up behind them. And I kind of think about, you know, what they had to be thinking. They're like, God, I was ready to move. Like, I moved. I did it. I did the hard thing. I got out of Egypt. I'm doing the thing right here. And now I'm in between a rock and a hard place. I'm staring at a sea, and I'm looking at 600 chariots behind me. And sometimes you feel like that. It's like, I did it, God. Like, I stepped out. I did what you asked me to do. I'm doing the hard thing already. And then you get to the next place, and it still is a hard thing. But there's a process to get to the promised land. You just don't wake up one day and get a letter from Dolly, you know, and who's like, I'm going to sing with you. Um, you just don't wake up in the land of the milk and honey. But but thank God yeah. you don't because the whole process to getting there is when you yes. and your relationship with God really forms. You start to realize like yes. before you get to the promised land that he is the promise. And, you know, as you've yes. been journeying on your life and all the seasons and now you are so many people's hero. If someone got a letter from Natalie Grant, they'd feel the same way. If someone got to sing with you, it would be there. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Frame it, put it in the front of the house thing. But like <laughs> in the process of getting there, your relationship with God is the most important thing to you. And that is what yes. um, you're leading other people to experience too. And so that's such good encouragement to people who are listening. Cause there are so many people, primarily this podcast is reaching people in their twenties and thirties. And that is one yes. of those, um, being, you know, the times in your life where you might yeah. feel a little stuck, where you might feel like you're doing something. Where you that, feel stuck. Yeah. And don't rush the process. That's so easy to say on the other side of it. But yet I am on the other side of some of those hardships. And I can say, don't rush the process. Right. Like to me, that is where you actually get to experience the nearness of God, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get to experience who he is in the process of, because you're so dependent and you're like, wait, 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 but I, I left that. And I, I thought I was going here. And that's where you promised me I was going. Like you promised me. And I think that God, it, when it says that he is near to the brokenhearted or near to those who are crushed in spirit, or like you get to actually experience that nearness of God in that process. Don't rush the process. What he's developing in you, you can't shortcut that because honestly, if you shortcut it, it's actually going to show up. It's going to show up when you take a shortcut. It's going to, it's going to show up. And like, I even think about the process, um, in the Old Testament, right? When they were rebuilding the temple and there's this one part of the scripture where they, they, God told them what to do Hmm. and they got busy doing their own thing, right? Mm -hmm. They, it says they were building their own houses, their own thing. Mm -hmm. They were building their own thing. And then all of a sudden God was like, but wait, I told you what to do. And they had to climb up the mountain. Yeah to get the materials. And then it says, um, now come back down the mountain and get to work. Mm. And that always says to me like, okay, we want to climb and get to the mountain experience. We want to get there, but then we want to stay. Wow. <laughs> and we want to just stay where it's comfortable and stay where it's, but honestly, like God says, no, like I'm going to take you to that place, but I also need you to 
come back down off your high horse and get to work. Like That's good. come on back down the mountain and get to work. And, and when you're willing to do that and not shortcut the process, then all of a sudden, when you do get to where it is that God is taking you, who he is will show up in your life. Mm-hmm. The beauty of who he is, the beauty of what he's done will show up in your life in a way that it wouldn't, you wouldn't reflect that goodness of God when you shortcut it then it's shallow and you don't want shallow. I'm telling you, you don't, you don't Mm -hmm. want shallow. (laughs) You want the deepness of God. (laughs) Yes, that is so good. I love that you said that. And truly like finding shortcuts or even trying to do it the fast way, sometimes it really will set you back actually. uh, We actually have, um, we have like advice for our team at LO and it's like advice we've learned the hard way. And it was doing things the fast way normally makes you go, it normally sets you back further. Uh, And we always use the example of Christian and I were heading to the airport one day. We are in a rush for this flight. I mean, we were cutting it way too close. Definitely should have left earlier. (laughs) But nonetheless, we're trying to get there and and we're flying and then all of a sudden you know out of our rush and out of trying to be fast we pass the exit well then it really set us back yes. now we're even later than totally. we would have been if we would have just slowed down and paid totally. attention it's just a great lesson for life yes. you know trying to do it the fast way yes. can actually set you back f- further um, yes. than slowing down a bit and going at the pace god set for you so, so true. i love that so lastly i gotta so talk true. about um the song um to make you feel my love, make you feel my love that you did with your daughters and your grandma. And that was just so special. And now as a mom, I'm sure, you know, doing stuff with Dolly was amazing and doing stuff with all of your heroes and friends was so incredible, but there's just nothing like getting to do it with your daughters and your grandma. And so, uh, speaking to just, you know, you do those things with your husband, you're doing these things with your kids and your grandma. What is, what is it meant to you to get to do things with your family and just the importance of that? Well, I think it's one of the things that helps to keep the main thing the main thing. Mm -hmm. Because when you're just chasing your own thing, it's so easy to be so focused on what you're doing. But if he's called you to it, he's called your family to it. And I even like, I mean, my girls have been touring with me since they were babies, but they don't always get to come anymore. Um, but I still include them like, you know, they'd be like, mom, you know, I've, we've kind of taught them, ask the question about how did it go last night? How many people met Jesus? Like, what was the atmosphere like? And so they're involved in every aspect and keeping that involvement makes it not my calling or my job or my thing, but it's our calling. Mm -hmm. It's our job. It's our thing. And I think, you know, for me, I never wanted to just have a career. Uh, My family is my priority. Mm -hmm. And that's really, you would understand this, especially as a newer mom, but you know, the grind, You, you get it. You know, the grind of feeling like you're sometimes even I don't know if you ever feel like this, that you feel like you're on the outside of your life sometimes looking at your life, just going Mm -hmm. and going and going and going. And you're like, wait, Mm -hmm. why do I feel so out of control about what's happening in my life? It's like a wheel (laughs) that just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And I Mm -hmm. think by keeping my family involved in all of the details, it helps me to keep my eye on what my actual first ministry is. And that is to my husband, even before my kids. Because I think even then, once you have kids, 
it's really easy for a marriage to take a back seat. You have to actually be so intentional that, wait, my first ministry is to my husband and then to my kids. And then everything else I get to do that God allows me to do is incredible, but it can't be at the expense of my family. And so when I, you know, every little chance I get having them involved helps for me to keep the main thing, the main thing. That's great. That's so good. Well, it's super encouraging to me in the season I'm in right now because I definitely (laughs) feel that way. Sometimes I look at the calendar and I'm like, oh, wow, how'd that happen? You know? (laughs) Um, But yes, bringing the kids involved with everything. And I'm, I'm teaching Honey, you know, what I'm doing right now. And it's, she's just now able yes. to talk and I'm teaching her what I'm doing. We've started working <laughs> on scriptures and all that stuff. And I told her when I left for Joyce's thing, cause typically I bring her with me and I couldn't that yes. day. And I said, you know, honey, I'm going to go preach about Jesus to a lot of people and tell them about how awesome he is and all this stuff. And it was so funny. So I get in the bus, I'm about to come back and I FaceTime honey to tell her good night. And, uh, she said, Okay, good night. Are you going to see Jesus? And I was like, that kind of sounds like I'm going to die. I was like, no, I'm with Jesus. And I was like, and so are you. And we're always with Jesus. Let's bring this back. So, it's always good. I know. So I'm teaching, honey, I'm teaching oh, honey right now that. what I'm doing. And uh, it's, it's, good. Been, it's, it's been pretty good. sweet. It's been good. Oh, that's so good. Yes. Thank you for coming on the podcast again. Thank you for all that you do and um, letting all of us learn from you and get to worship alongside of you. And uh, man, you're an Mm -hmm. awesome leader, mom, friend, all the things. And so thank you so much for taking the time and doing this. Love you. Thank you for having me. Honored.